Hello, and welcome to another episode of Military Transition Stories, the podcast where veterans share their experience and advice about transitioning from military to civilian life. I'm your host, Trey Tatro. I'm a realtor and military relocation professional here in Northern Virginia. To hear more episodes, visit militarytransitionstories.com or subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Military Transition Stories. Today, we have Rick Howard on, who is Chief Security Officer of Palo Alto Networks. Hey, Rick, how are you doing today? Hey, Trey. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being on. Uh, My pleasure. So why don't we go ahead and start with uh, some of your background and tell us, you were in the Army, correct? Yep, for 23 years. Awesome. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what it was that you did uh, during those 23 years in the Army? I was a Signal Corps officer. Uh, For the first 10, 12 years, I did tactical communications, meaning I went through the woods and set up communications for infantry and armor and field artillery. Um, and it took me that long to figure out that it's really cold and miserable in the fields. <laughs> so, so uh, um, uh, the army and their good graces sent me to school to teach me some things. And after I finished that, I came back to garrison and ran communications networks uh, at various places uh, around the army. Uh, my last job, I ran the army computer emergency response team at Fort Belvoir, Virginia. I was in charge of coordinating uh, cyber offensive operations for the U.S. Army, and it was a blast. Awesome. So, uh, so I'm guessing that you probably ended up moving around a lot during those 23 years. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we loved it. I have a wife and three children, and uh, we've been in Louisiana, California, Germany, um, Georgia, um, and I've flown around to Kuwait and South Korea, uh, Hawaii. So, yeah, it, it was a great, great uh, career and a great opportunity. That's awesome. Uh, and and what was it that you did coming out of the military? I know that, you know, I know what it is that you're doing now, but sort of in that time in between. Well, they, they aren't, the last job I had, that ACERT job, uh, got me uh, uh, interested in pursuing a career in cybersecurity. Um, I was always interested in cybersecurity, but that really got me my first job in the military where that was all I did. Uh, and I used that to transition out to the commercial sector uh, and joined a company uh, that we in the field call it a pure play cybersecurity vendor, meaning uh, this was a company that provided security services for the commercial space uh, and not one of the uh, Beltway bandits, you know, that, that hang out in the D.C. area, you know, like the. <laughs> the Booz Allen Hamiltons and things. Um, I, it wasn't like I was against that. I just happened to choose this one company and, uh, and that kind of launched me in my uh, civilian career. Gotcha. So what would you say was one of the biggest benefits about what it was that you were doing in the military that kind of helped you, you know, make that transition over from uh, the mil- doing it in the military sector to uh, doing it commercially? Well, the good news in the military is that the military got on to security on the internets. I'm using air quotes as I say. <laughs> uh, they got onto that fairly early. So I got trained by the military about how to think and operate in that space. So that's the good news. Um, I didn't have to learn that uh, when I became a civilian. 
the bad news, though, for me was, and for most military people transitioning is learning that operations people are not the most important in the civilian space. You know, in the military, operators are the ones that are, you know, making all the decisions and uh, it's where the, all the action is and everybody else kind of supports them. Uh, but in the civilian space, operations is mostly a cost center, right? The Where, we, where civilian commercial uh, companies spend their time is in sales and marketing so they can bring in new customers. And your operations capability has to be good enough to keep everybody satisfied, but just good enough. Right? Right. It doesn't have to be fantastic. Right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, and that was a hard lesson for me to learn. My first job out of the military, I, I ran the Global Security Operations Center for a company that provided managed security services for commercial companies. Um, and wh what that means is we watched their network looking for bad guys and tried to stop them from coming in. And, you know, in the military, operations, you know, security operations is a big deal. And it's a big deal in the civilian sector, too. But, uh, you know, this is a worldwide operation, 24 by 7 locations around the world. But I had to fight for, you know, money to buy pencils for the analysts in the SOC. Whereas the sales guys, you know, they could drop $10,000 on a dinner for a company that might be a customer right. in the future. Right. So that was the thing I had to learn early in my career. I gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what, what would you give kind of as advice? And I want to ask this before we get into the next thing, because I know we'll kind of lead into it. But just in general, for people who are wanting to get into, uh, you know, something like cybersecurity, what would you give as advice for that? Well, uh, this is a good news, bad news thing, too. Right? Good news is cybersecurity field, probably like all fields, but the cybersecurity field needs the work ethic that military people bring to the job, all right? And uh, so that is a very positive thing. We're always seeking veterans to come and work for us because we know that's, that's what we get out of the box. Um, so that's the good news. The bad news is uh, cybersecurity is a field that is ever-changing, all right? It, it's what it was this year is not what it was last year and not what it was the year before that. So to keep up with it, you have to kind of educate yourself continuously. Right. And so um, if you were willing to do that, if you're willing and you like that kind of thing, you like to read and look at new stuff and understand how things work. That is a great career for a veteran coming out of the service. Um, if you don't like to have to work that hard, not work hard, but I mean, if you have to study hard after you get out of the service, maybe that's not a career for you. Right. Because it's continuous education, because like you said, it's always evolving. Yeah, it's totally evolving. And, and but the, here's some more good news, though. You don't need a computer science degree or an engineering degree to be good at cybersecurity. Um, it would help if you know, knew a couple of things, like you'd have to understand how networks work, some basic about how operating systems work, um, and maybe you should know how to code a little bit. Not too much, but you know, just a little bit. And with those three sets of skills, uh, you can get an entry-level job in the cybersecurity space as long as you're willing to learn new things on your own because no one's going to help you. Right. All right. But if you're willing to take on projects that are hard and go figure them out yourself, then this is a great career for you. Gotcha. So that's, that's interesting because I would have thought that, you know, a degree in something like that would be essential to it. Um, so what then would you say are really the – the main characteristics of, you know, what you look for in somebody getting, or what would be kind of some of the good things for somebody to know 
you know, going into cybersecurity. And I know you kind of give us those, the network and all that, but what are the things that really stand out as important? Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I'm going to teach you everything you need to know if you have some basic skill sets, right? So we'll train you how to be a really good cybersecurity person. But one of the skills that is missing from many of us, because we're a bunch of nerds, right? We, we like computers, <laughs> and, you know. So uh, the skill set that's missing is being, being able to communicate what you know to people who don't know what you know. And ah. Meaning, right? And so you have to be able to write and speak uh, and explain really technical things to leadership who is really smart, but they don't, they're not necessarily very technical, right? So you have to give them the essential elements of what the issue is and not get bogged down into the geekdom, right? And, and most of us don't have that skill set. The good news here, again, is that this is something you can practice, right? This is, it doesn't, you don't have to be a cybersecurity person to practice that skill set, but you should begin practicing that now. That will help you in any job you get, but especially in cybersecurity. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so one of those there is being able to translate that and, you know, kind of dumb it down for if you were to try to explain it to me, if you were talking to me in cybersecurity lingo, I'd have no idea what you were saying. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm, be able yeah, to you're right. The, English. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The, oh, no, it's okay. I just broke up. For the company leadership, these guys are, these men and women are really, they just haven't studied cybersecurity for 20 years, right? So you just have to present it in a language they understand, which is the language of business. And it's all about risk and uh, making sure the company is efficient. And if you can do that kind of translation, you will do very well in whatever job, but especially cybersecurity. Yeah. And so uh, let's go back to your transition a little bit into uh, civilian, you know, back to civilian work and civilian life. Uh, how, do you remember how far out did you kind of start planning and preparing for that? Um, I'm a long range planner. Okay. So at a, at a high level, abstract level, I knew about when I was going to start looking. Um, you know, I'm kind of a, my philosophy is always open keep a lot of windows and doors open so you can make exits when you see an opportunity arise. Right. So you have to close down too many things early. But I generally knew that around the 23-year mark in my career, I was either going to stay in the military and try to be a, a general or decide to uh, go off into the civilian world. Um, so then I, I knew that from, you know, from 10 years into my military career. Um, as I got close to that 23-year mark, um, I got opportunities that I just couldn't pass up. So, you know, two years out from me then me trying to decide if I was going to retire or not, um, it became obvious to me and for my family situation that um, I should transition out and pursue a civilian career. Right. So what were some of the uh, factors that went into that? I mean, I know that obviously the, these opportunities, you said they came along and you just couldn't pass them up. Were there other things that you had to consider, like, uh, you know, relocating again, um, anything like that? Yeah, well, that was the thing. My, you know, my wife and family had been dragging along behind me for 23 years to lots of great places, but I think it was getting a little bit old. Uh, right. My children were uh, in the, right in the shoot for high school and, uh, you know, moving them around uh, in that phase of their lives is disruptive, to say the least. 
And we have some medical issues with my children. So, uh, some of them have some special needs. And so by the time I got them to high school, um, we had already set them up at, with doctors and medicines and all those kinds of things. And leaving the area would have been very difficult. And so right. that was a major concern for me to get out. Uh, so family issues. Uh, the second one, though, is the government. And you guys, you know this as much as I do, Trey, that the military and government in general are not real smart about how they utilize their people sometimes. <laughs> I, I was, you know, I just spent two and a half years um, uh, learning and building the doctrine for how does the army operate in cyberspace. Uh-huh. And it was time for me to take, it was time for me to take the next job. Uh, and I got a call from the, from, you know, the recruiter and it said, um, your next job, you're going to the box, right? So going into the Middle East, I said, great, I'm going to go to the Middle East and do cyber stuff. And he goes, no, no, you're not going to do cyber. I said, oh, great. Well, I'm going to go do, and I'm going to, I'll be a signal guy. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll manage and operate all the communications. No, no, you're not going to do that. And I said, well, why am we, why are you sending me to the box? You're going to go be a staff officer for an infantry brigade, you know, not a, not a signal staff officer, a staff <laughs> officer. I said, yeah, no, I'm not, <laughs> not, not doing that. <laughs> so that's, that made it, it made it pretty easy for me to say. Yeah, no that, to that. That's not yeah. really a linear progression on <laughs> the experience you were building. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, uh, I, I want to get into this. We talked about this just briefly um, before we hopped on the, on this call here. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more because, I saw on your LinkedIn profile and we're going to have a link to that uh, so people can connect with you and uh, they can see, you know, some of the things that you're interested in because uh, you've got a pretty extensive list there. Uh, but one of the things that really caught my eye on it because I had no idea that this was a thing, but I think it's really cool is uh, Girl Scout cybersecurity badges. Yeah. I love this project. Uh, so <laughs> let me give you some background um, in my field, the cybersecurity field, uh, we are we have a general shortage in qualified people. Um, by next year, many pundits say that there will be about two million open jobs, meaning there is a cybersecurity job and we can't find anybody to fill it. Wow! So that's a problem. Okay, uh, and then if you just look at women in the workforce, uh, women in the IT uh, workforce, uh, they make up about thirty percent of the total workforce in the U.S. In cybersecurity, it's 11%, right? And if you add an adjective to that, like black or Hispanic, it drops below 1%. So here we are, we have this huge problem where we can't fill jobs, and we are only looking at half of the population to fill them. And there's lots of reasons for this. We, we can talk about them if you want, but uh, we just have to get over that and, and, and fix it. There's lots of reasons why women don't pursue engineering and, and STEM subjects. All right. Uh, and that could be a five hour podcast if you want to get into all that. Right. <laughs> but one of them is that we have to keep them interested in the subject. And so we partnered, Palo Alto Networks partnered with the Girl Scout uh, program. And we donated $4 million to build a cybersecurity education program for the entire, um, for every member of the Girl Scouts. So here's what that means for ages K through 12. Uh, there's various levels of instruction, okay, that they can get cybersecurity badges for learning how to do different things. There are 2 million girls in the U.S. Girl Scout program. So in, in a generation, we will have trained 2 million girls 
to be cybersecurity experts that can hit the workforce and start to fill some of those jobs. And I am very, very proud that we did that. That's awesome. And actually, those numbers line up perfectly. There's two million. Yeah, yeah they do. Those two million <laughs> it is like we planned it that way. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me ask, because it, it seems like from from an outsider like myself that this would be an option. And I don't know if you know companies like yours are going towards something like this. Uh, but you know, with things like uh, all the all these co-working spaces really kind of sprouting up and uh, remote work becoming. Um, you know, more and more common. Is cybersecurity a good option for somebody who, you know, wants to possibly work remotely or wants to get into the industry, uh, but doesn't necessarily want to relocate for it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, one of the things that I do at Palo Alto Networks is uh, I run the company's threat intelligence team, and they're called Unit 42. Um, and you can you can guess that this is kind of the high the high watermark for um, skill sets in the cybersecurity realm. These these folks are uh, really special, really smart. So how do you attract them to come work for you? Uh, you have to give them perks, right? And some of the perks are they don't want to you know they don't want to wear a uniform, so they're not wearing a jacket and tie. Uh, they're mostly wearing jeans and t-shirts, right? Uh, they don't want to tr move, like you said. They do not want to move their where their home is. So most of the people that work for me in that outfit are remote users, <laughs> right? And so, and it, it, and that's an interesting leadership challenge, by the way, to manage a team that is never in the same office um, at the same time, right? Uh, and that's another skill set that um, is hard. Uh, if you can, if you're good at that, um, you are highly uh, valued. Um, so I, to answer your question, yes, remote workforce is something that most of the Silicon Valley companies have already embraced. The government in, is starting slowly to embrace it, but they'll probably be another 10 years before uh, it becomes acceptable practice across the board. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a thing. So would you also think then that uh, something like cybersecurity could be good for uh, military spouses? Because I know that it can be hard, you know, keeping a... Uh, a career path when you're constantly relocating. Um, yeah, absolutely. Could uh, military spouses would be fantastic at this. They'd probably be better at it than the military people because you know the spouses have to juggle way more than the military people do, right? <laughs> so we we would want those people more. <laughs> um, uh, it would have to be special circumstances. So there'd be very some very special specific jobs that they would be qualified for, um, and we're not just talking about. Um, I don't know, you know, there's a number of jobs in the field that you could do. You could be a Intel analyst, like I was just describing. You could be uh, a uh, security person to protect, you know, your the company that you work for. Um, or you can be on the side uh, in support in marketing jobs, in product management jobs, in product marketing jobs. And most of those support jobs, they don't require, don't need you to be in the office on a day to day to get that stuff done. Right. So yeah, uh, it would be yeah, it, military spouses would be would excel at those kinds of things. Awesome. Well, um, you know, just kind of to wrap up the talk about the uh, you know all these cybersecurity things that there are. Do you have any good uh, you know recommendations or resources that you would give to people? Who are interested in you know possibly getting into the field 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> we, <laughs> we started this project um, about six years ago now, right? It's called the Cybersecurity Canon Project. Canon at one end of literature, not Canon two ends of, you know, blow stuff up. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what I was saying before is that the way we all stay up to date on what's going on in the industry is we read everything we can. And what happened uh, to me about six years ago is uh, I have a bunch of cybersecurity books down in my basement on a bookshelf, you know, and I went down there and I was looking through them and uh, I was, I, there's books I've read, books I'm getting ready to read and, you know, books I claim I've read in public, you know, and, <laughs> and I pulled one off the shelf and realized that I didn't remember a darn thing that was in that book. And I know I read it cause I had the author sign it for me. Right. And right. cause I'm getting old and I'm getting old and senile. So, um, <laughs> As a personal project to myself, I started rereading some of the more important ones. And so that I would remember what I read, I started writing book book reports just so I would remember everything. I got about 25 of them done and went to the big cybersecurity conference that year and said, hey, here's 25 books that we all should have read by now. Palo Alto Networks decided to sponsor it. So what we created was a rock and roll hall of fame for cybersecurity books. Um, and we have an outside committee. These are security professionals that read the books. They write the book reviews and they make the case that the book falls into one of three buckets. The first bucket is, this is a book we all should have read. The second bucket is maybe not everybody should read this, but if you're interested in the topic, this is a good one to read. And the third and most important, this is, this is the service back to the community. Uh, do not read right? because <laughs> right. if you are going to get smart this year, uh, and learn something new and read a book to do it. And you went to Amazon and looked up cybersecurity books, you would get about 3,000 books returned to choose from. So, how would you decide which ones to read? Right. So, go to the Canon webpage. This is completely free. Canon One In, remember, Palo Alto Networks. You'll see the webpage. We've got about 20 books that have made it to the Hall of Fame. Start there. If you are a newbie, Start reading those books and start understanding uh, what those authors are telling you so you don't have to learn it on your own when you're in the field. And once you knock all those out, start reading the books that are on the candidate list. There's about 70 right now on the candidate list. These are books that might make it into the Hall of Fame at some point. Um, and so that would be a nice, great resource yeah. uh, for anybody trying to transition in. And I'll give you one more tip. tip. If you want to learn to uh, sharpen up your communication skills – you can read a book that's not on the list and write a book review of it, and we'll take it from you and, and put it on the webpage, right? So, uh, and we have an editor that'll make sure we, you don't embarrass yourself in spelling and you know grammar errors, right? So that is a good way to get published and start your career as a cybersecurity professional. And at the same time, practices communication skills of translating it so that it's easy for someone who doesn't have the background to understand it. Exactly right. That that is awesome, and you know I I got to say. You're not the only one that does that. I I reread a book a couple months ago that I had read either last year or the year before, and I really enjoyed it. I got a lot of you know good advice and tips from it, but I could not remember at all what any of them were. So <laughs> that's that's a, exactly my thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went back reread it, and I even wrote a small little report at the end, kind of like all the highlights of it, so that next time when I forget everything again in a few months. I can go back yep. and review that. <laughs> that is exactly how I started this whole thing. So uh, you, you and I are the like mind. 
Well, Rick, I know that you've got a lot to do. I don't want to keep you for too long. Uh, so I do want to go ahead and uh, finish off with this question I like to always say for the end, because I know that everyone has a different answer for this. But how do you personally define success? Oh, what a great question. Success. Um, there's, I think there's a different categories of, of success. You know, there's personal success, things that you are driven to do. Uh, there is uh, a community success, right? Meaning that you want to be a good citizen. You want to help out your neighbors, you know, all those kinds of things. And that's a subset of your personal success. There is a professional success, you know, where you're, you are enjoy and your job is fulfilling and you think you're doing something worthwhile. And all of that kind of fits into uh, things you have to think about going forward. I, I love that you asked that question because I find that as I part of my job is I get to go around the world and talk to a lot of different cybersecurity professionals. I find that most of them have never really thought about that. You know, they're they're in the day to day grind and have not really thought about if they are personally successful or professionally successful. Um, and and my advice to everybody is to take a moment and figure out what you think means for you to be successful in your life. Yeah. And, and you're right. It's easy to kind of get caught in the day-to-day focus of things and not take the time to, you know, look up for a minute and look at the bigger picture uh, and think about those. Yeah. There's always problems out there. Right. Um, but um, I always look at it as like, you're like you're steering a ship and you need to be going in a general direction and not just looking at the, you know, the waves right in front of you. Right. So um, f- figure out what that means for you and, and head that direction. doesn't mean you have to go that way all the way. You can change your mind, but, you know, put a mile marker out there and head towards it. Right. Yeah, that's great. Well, Rick, thank you so much for being on today. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, sir. It was a lot of fun. All right. Hopefully we can have you on again another time. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service, and be sure to check out all of our other episodes at militarytransitionstories.com. I'm your host, Trey Tatro, and if you or someone you know are moving in the Northern Virginia area, I'd be happy to help you find your new home. If you live in another part of the country but need the assistance of a professional realtor, I'd be happy to connect you with someone from my extensive network of military relocation certified realtors. Thanks for listening.